is it going to be a side thing or is it going to be a main thing? For me, I have a goal that I need to reach, which is, uh, you know, once the borders open, I can go and travel to Japan uh, and meet, meet someone. <laughs> but uh, I know that's my goal. Uh, and that will continue driving me to look at the stats every night, make sure I do my journals. Um, but your main thing, like for instance, your job or where you want to be, is probably where do you see yourself in five years? Okay, so hi everybody and welcome to Passion Empire Podcast, the podcast to fuel and ignite the best version of you while keeping things real fun and relatable. So this is a new year, so happy new year to everybody. So Passion Empire is back with season two and we are kickstarting season two with our first episode, which we're probably going to deep dive in with a topic that probably isn't um, expected to, to be um, to, to probably say a lot or to probably unravel the passion behind. So yeah. I'm pretty excited for this episode and the guest speaker that we have today, who happens to be somebody I work with in my new job at Ernst & Young. So um, give it up uh, for Jason Fang, JP, and Jason Fang, JF, who is my partner, who to, who will be my um, the person to uh, support me in uh, interviewing Jason Fang. You that was weird, when, but anyway. <laughs> you know when something is about to go down when you see someone with similar name and it's in a similar <laughs> session that we're going to interview and really podcast that. But yes, yeah, nice to meet you, Jason. Uh, yes, definitely sounds good calling my own name. <laughs> but yes, uh, really nice to meet I think uh, uh, whatever Alicia shared, uh, do you know justice in a way? Will you definitely have more, much more things to share? So I think let's start off with this short before you introduce yourself i think let's just kick off with this a uh, very short mini game that we will i always like to play whenever it comes to meeting new people so i call it word association game so i'm just gonna give you roughly five five words you're just gonna run through uh what's the first phrase first sentence or even the first word that comes to mind so the first word i'm gonna give you is the new year opportunity opportunity nice okay nice. so the next one uh youth the youth of today Concerned. Concerned. <laughs> interesting, interesting, interesting. All right. Next one, I think the topic that, uh, that, that what's this word? The topic that we all hold uh, very deeply to us uh, in our hearts is passion. Um, required. Required. Interesting, interesting, interesting. All okay. right. Uh, I think this will be my last question, which will be a more lengthy answer from you. COVID. <laughs> Disastrous. Disastrous. <laughs> oh, All no. right. Yeah, reason, that's a good one. Why, yes, that's a very good one. Reason why I said about COVID as well, uh, we, I heard from Alicia with the amount of, uh, uh, not to say, not just say rumors, but the amount of news from, from, from her saying that you're super passionate in COVID and everything. Uh, from being, the best part is you're still having a full-time job, but the amount of passion and the work, even right before we started, he was saying that he still was researching about articles, about work mm -hmm. stuff that you could share to the people today. It's amazing, amazing, really to have you. So let's just start off with this easy one. Just introduce yourself. Yeah, so hi, my name is Jason Pang. So in this uh, conversation, just I'll just introduce myself as JP. 
Uh, I've been actually, uh, well, I was once a student five years ago, and then I've joined uh, UI for the past five years now as a consultant. Um, but I've been doing a lot of project management work in my line. Um, a lot of uh, SSC projects, uh, I've done some implementation projects, but mainly as a project manager in my role. So um, why I decided that this was a very relevant topic, I think for the past two years, or I would say maybe two and a half years for some, is that we actually have been in a pandemic and I know it's very tiring, you know, lockdowns and, and everything. And of course, it is very much different compared to the five years ago when I was still in uni. You know, people didn't really have to wear masks. Everyone could go anywhere at any time. I remember we were talking about going to Europe for a holiday when you were studying, right? We're talking about going to Poland, going to France without like restrictions, especially when you're a Malaysian and you have a Malaysian passport. I think you can just travel so many to so many places without really needing to apply for a visa, especially for holiday. So, so for me, I, I mean, I took upon the opportunity to actually look into this because um, I, I was doing a lot of uh, regional projects at that point of time. And uh, traveling was at that point of time, like two years ago, was still a good thing. You still could travel for, you know, your projects. And I thought that this impacted not just one domain, right? It it would impact different industries, airline industries. I've known some some people who who didn't have a job, right? And they got like salary cut 50% just because they couldn't fly in the in the earlier days of COVID. And they sold off their like second car, or their third car, just to just to try to stay afloat. And and I think it's very painful to see uh, people go through all this kind of uh, hardship. I mean, death always will be there, but I'm I'm talking not just about that death element. Like you get COVID, you you might have to like you might pass away. I'm also talking about the well being, talking about people losing their jobs, talking about you know, uh, people who, you know, were in a long-term relationship, maybe they cannot meet their loved ones, or people who are just planning to go to university. So, um, yeah, so I just took upon myself, I said that uh, in these two years, since we have the pandemic, I'm going to use whatever skills I picked up <laughs> as a consultant, as a project manager, to really go and see how can we resolve this problem. I know it's a very big problem, right? And... Um, uh, I think one thing I learned in EY is like picking up the big problem and chopping it up to like a thousand small pieces and kind of identifying what would resolve this big problem. So I think that's um, how it started. So maybe yeah. a quite a lengthy introduction, but yeah, <laughs> this is where we are. <laughs> no worries. Uh, I love, uh, I love you, you, you sort of uh, deep dive down to a bit of the topic already, uh, for today, but I just want to touch on the one key thing. I love how uh, I think I need to find more Jasons in the world because I need to prove whether this theory works or not because whatever you're doing is whatever I'm doing as well. I'm sort of like a project manager at my, my company as, uh, uh, as well. So it's like in my head, resembles as long as soon as you name your son Jason, future project manager. But yes, that's just a side topic. So uh, thank you so much for sharing uh, the amount of COVID and the amount of, what's this word? Uh, 
the experiences that we had, some sold their cars, some really had to really stay afloat, uh, the struggles. And I, I resonated to an extent because I, I love to coach and, and train a lot of youths as well. Those that just entered the university during the pandemic is the saddest one. They don't even have this thing called university life. There's no lifestyle changes. They're still stuck at home. My God. But yes, with that, Alicia, <laughs> before I jump into the pain, but yes. Oh, okay, awesome. So probably, um, JP, let's backtrack a little bit, right, before COVID, before project management. Uh, share with us, um, how did you even get started with EY? Why did I choose EY? This is sounding like an interview question already, you know, <laughs> like, why did I choose EY? Uh, I think, you know, as an accounting and finance grad, you would want to choose something slightly related to your field. So, you know, UI being like the big four, you would definitely want to, you know, choose those as one of your first options. So it was either EY or HSBC. And uh, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm very glad to say that I've chosen EY. It's been a very challenging five years um, as a consultant, but the stuff that you learn there, I think it's very good that you can apply it into not just like C for like, not just at work, but when you take it out and you can also do COVID project management, why not, right? <laughs> awesome. I really resonate with that though. I mean, accounting and finance background right here. So, yeah. and now we're in consulting, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. That's amazing, that's amazing. So I think I think just to, to, to uh, elaborate on that, uh, how did, what was that jump like? What was that jump uh, like from whatever you had to where you are today? Um, you mean in terms of uh, from project manager to kind of taking into details of the COVID situation or? Yeah. Okay. So um, it always starts with a year with when you are in a project and you are thinking about, you know, uh, what what is next, right? Next three months, next four months. So, uh, of course, there's this mysterious disease from Wuhan that was first announced sometime in 2019. And uh, at that time, I was still in a regional project. Ah. Okay. Um, so, at that point of time, I think we were saying like, okay, yeah, there's this disease coming along, right? Will that, how would that impact my project? And if you look at it in a very PMO point of view, you would say, okay, la, never mind, la, small thing. But... Uh, as, as the year progressed and as we traveled more, it started to seem a bit off in January already or December in 2019. You start to see uh, cases go up in China. And um, even though like I think for one of the projects, one of the sites were in China, uh, I still managed to go to China or Shanghai in February. Um, but during that time already, we were starting to plan like, what if this gets serious, right? What if this spreads? So uh, we were trying to build certain methodologies up because this is something very new. It's like um, starting from, not from scratch, it's like, okay, if let's say we cannot travel, how will we do our meetings, right? How will we do our, our communications with clients? How do we um, manage projects from a distance, right? So we had to think fast, of course, because there's a timeline, time, time, timeline uh, to meet. Uh, and then we started to plan for, you know, 
how to manage COVID, which is like your online meetings, use the online tools. You know, nowadays you have your Google Sheets, you know, a shared drive and all these mm. tools. And that's also when Zoom started picking up, right? Everyone was using Zoom. Everyone was, you know, moving from uh, physical to, you know, online meetings. <laughs> everyone was talking about how to set up the come to office, don't come to office thing already. And, right. and that kind of continued throughout the two years um, in, that, in that sense. Um, but for me, I think the interest for me was mainly on what drove the numbers, right? And what drove people to make decisions. And um, of course, numbers don't tell lies because they are facts, right? Um, you're talking about the active cases. You're talking about um, the death rates, right? And you're talking about uh, detection. Where Where is it detected more? So that to me actually was how... I started that transition from just pure project management traditional style to really like upgrading the game and you know going into digital so yeah nice 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 amazing <laughs> I, I love the story it's just identifying of a certain problem and then you just you wanted to fix your own problem now, I think I think that's where it comes from then you became yeah. superbly passionate in it now you're fixing everyone else's problem as well I assure you that <laughs> nice nice yeah, that that's that's amazing. Honestly, I I think by the way, uh, JP talks about it. Also, I I can already feel his you know passion for it. I remember you you were saying um you know you keep track of the news like every hour or something, yeah. right? Like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yes. I I I absorb the news now hourly on an hourly basis because I think things are changing very fast. Um, even the vaccines roll out, right? It was record time roll out vaccine. That's why people are so scared of the vaccine, right? One year, ooh, boom, vaccine. Right. <laughs> Agree. Yeah, yeah, so I guess um, considering the amount of research, experience, insight, news, projections that is, you know, being put out there about COVID and considering how things are changing very fast, things are so dynamic right now, how do you think this year is going to look like for COVID? Okay, so uh, of course, like I say, I don't just, you know, view it in a specific angle. But uh, if you take a look at the economists, they do this 2022 projection trend. Okay, and uh, they are looking at COVID in uh, different angles. So two topics will drive 2022. The first topic for COVID would be, of course, on uh, the vaccine rollout from pandemic to endemic phase, right? Um, vaccines were last year's key story. You know, we wanted the vaccines to go out to everyone and uh, we were really talking about vaccine inequality last year. Uh, for this year, I think the focus is really to shift from that vaccine rollout to pandemic to endemic. We are still talking about vaccine rollout because um, I think there are some countries that uh, do not have the vaccine. Um, and the vaccination rate for those countries are really low. Maybe I'll share something with you uh, later when we when we go through this, um, just to show some some figures on the new cases versus the vaccination rates versus the death rates. But um, that's for the, one of the topics that um, how COVID will evolve. The second thing I think is very important for us to talk about is actually on uh, well-being, because uh, for a pandemic to end, there are two types of ends for pandemic. One is called social ending. And the one is the true end of COVID, right? Uh, the social end refers to uh, 
you know, when you are tired of uh, the pandemic, right? The, the virus is still out there, but people are just so tired of it. And a good example that I can see this is um, maybe one of the, fr the French president, right? I mean, he was so, recently there was this news saying that um, he was so frustrated with 5 million people who are unvaccinated for his country that he cursed and sweat and he said that, you know, I need to set a law and I need to do social blocking so that people need to take the vaccine, you know. And uh, you can see even the leaders are frustrated. Uh, lucky for, for us, Malaysia, I think we have quite a good uh, leader to, to manage this. I think all, of us, all three of us can agree that he's done a, quite a good job in procuring the vaccines and, and doing the rollouts on time. Lah. With Mr. KJ, right? Kari Jamaludin. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's the, probably the second thing. Um, and the real end for COVID, I think that one, we will have to take time to do that because even with herd immunity, there will be fragments. Lah. And it's so hard to get people to go on board and get vaccinated. You know, I think this is a very real topic that I think everyone should you know, be aware of, uh, you know, vaccination is not really kind of the end. I feel like in the beginning when we were saying like, okay, when you get vaccinated, you can go and travel, right? I think this was kind of the general promise for those people who wanted to go and get vaccinated. But All right. I mean, until today, there are still so many restrictions. Um, not to say that they are bad. I think these restrictions are good. Um, but it's what do we need to do to kind of take that checklist before we can say, okay, I need PCR tests, you know, I need this, I need that before I can travel and just open the gates, but with proper SOP. That to me is what I would like to see this year. Lah. So if you talk about forecasts, I hope that with the proper SOPs, we get to live our life once again. You know, it's the same. Last time when you were a student, okay, when I was a student, when I had to go to UK, they asked me, okay, Jason, you need to go and get this vaccination checkup. You need to get your tetanus shot, right? Before right. you can actually go overseas. For me, it's the same thing. I don't know what, what, what changed for COVID. You know, maybe it's, uh, yeah, very virulent. You know, it, it can transmit very easily. And it's very hard to detect in the initial stages. And it's not as bad as tetanus. Um, but yeah, I, I think we need to just uh, set SOPs and talk about moving forward, not really looking back and like point fingers at each other anymore. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah, other, other key topics that are non-COVID related, like climate change, as you can see, I think now there are very weird freakish weathers around the world, you know, snowstorm in Japan, heaviest in four years, you hear Malaysia flooding, sudden you know. Race, sudden yeah. floods in yeah. yeah, sudden floods in Malaysia. So I think climate change is also uh, one of the key topics that we are going to talk about this year. Mm. And um, okay, la, maybe the last one I want to talk about is actually the economy. Mm. Um, you, as you know, right, um, COVID has affected not just uh, people's health and people's well-being, like the travel point of it, like that's the well-being part, but I'm talking about the economy. And this also drives into poverty. So why do I say poverty? Is because uh, like you said, like, imagine students not being able to go to school right and those people who really suffer are not the rich and wealthy they can afford laptops they can afford 
good education for their children, but it's really on those people who cannot afford, right? Who still require to, you know, swim across that river and go to the schools, right? Yeah, I mean, Sabah, Sarawak, I've, I've seen some missionary trips that they go and do that, you know, they these kids actually walk kilometers to school. Agree. They don't have public transport. And how, 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 how does it affect them when the schools close? It's, it's a very sad situation. So I think the disparity will continue to grow if we don't do anything about it. Um, yeah, so uh, another thing I feel like we need to just end this. And I feel like if we can just set SOPs in check and move past this COVID, I think we will slowly but surely recover as a nation and as, as, as a world. Um, yeah. So that's my take on 2022. Quite heavy. <laughs> yeah, very, very good insights though. <laughs> uh, okay, so maybe I'll add on from here. Since um, you mentioned about health and well-being, right? Because that is something that I really care about. So um, I think um, people uh, tend to compare COVID to the past, you know, the Spanish flu and things, uh, pandemics of the past and but surprisingly, health and well-being has become such a priority. Like now, everyone is observing how uh, COVID is, you know, affecting everybody, uh, the elderly, children, uh, healthy adults. And um, yes, vaccination is it's a, it's a temporary way to sort of uh, decrease the likelihood of you uh, contracting the disease. But is it a long-term solution uh, to protecting you or um, your, your safety, essentially? So what's your take on that? So we are talking about vaccination rates now, yeah? Okay, so maybe I can just share my screen on the right-hand side and I can just share some stats. Okay, let me know if you can take a look Consultant at my screen. Consultant stuff again. <laughs> yes, I'm so sorry, but yeah. No worries. <laughs> okay, so um, I think there's a few pieces of uh, the puzzle that we would need to look into. Uh, first one, I think, is the person fully vaccinated for 100 percent okay. and globally we are only at 50 percent if you can see here yeah it's quite it's only half of the world okay we mm -hmm. need to be like 70 percent yeah so uh, i've selected a few countries here um a good spread from rich countries uh to like middle income to poor countries lah. Mm. but mainly you can see the rich countries and the attitude towards uh, vaccination and all this kind of stuff right. okay so for us um 60 vaccination rate okay yes. they in the beginning of the pandemic who was the one who bought up all the vaccinations mainly it was them right they bought yeah, up exactly. most of the vaccines and they were put on priority list same with the united kingdom but in terms of the person fully vaccinated you can see like united kingdom has a higher percentage compared to us yeah i agree now let's let's take a look quickly at the, the cases and this is on the past seven days because of Omicron. So you can see that the cases started to rise again, right? Um, the correlation shows basically uh, what happens between the seven days versus, uh, you know, the deaths reported. So um, for those of you who do not have a visual aid, let me just announce the numbers. <laughs> so uh, for United States of America, there's around 3.8 million of new cases uh, reported for the past seven days of new uh, COVID cases. And this is a split between Delta and Omicron. 
Mm. So um, based on what research we have done uh, lately, we have seen from the South Africa research that uh, Omicron is less deadly compared to uh, the Delta variant. Mm. So that's why you can see the death rates are not really high. But because of their low vaccination rate, it's slightly higher compared to other countries. And the, the, the cases are high. Okay, take a look at UK. Uh, for UK, it's 69. And they also do have Omicron, right? But you look at their seven days reported figures, it's just 1.2 and the death rate is like, what, 1,000 cases? Mm. So that's not even like 1%. Um, yeah, so I, 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 do, I do agree that, you know, vaccinations do play a very important part for, for people to get certain levels of immunity. And the research has shown that um, we were lucky, actually. It's not because Omicron just decided to mutate in such a way that it is less infectious, uh, I mean less deadly, but uh, more of it was by chance, right? So when we have the opportunity, of course, we would like to make sure that we have the vaccines, people are immune to it, okay. and uh, we can also get protection from Delta. Mm. So uh, the story behind Omicron or the research behind Omicron is this. So you do have different variants, right? You have your alpha, you have your beta, you have your, uh, you know, other types of variants. So for delta, it was a substrain, right? So the substrain, it moved towards more deadly. Lah. That's why it was more deadly and it was more uh, virulent. That's why you can get it quite fast. But it is its own strain, okay? For the Omicron, it, it mutated from the alpha strain, okay? So the alpha strain, right, um, is less deadly compared to the delta, as you can see. So luckily for, for, for us, it mutated in such a way that it was like a special strain. It became more efficacious. So hopefully it will displace delta. And by being more efficacious means it will like, you know, have more people have it very quickly, more people have it... Uh, and it will propagate faster than delta, right? So it will beat delta in terms of the, the you know, virulent rate. And if it's less deadly, it means it's also good for us. So for, for me, the data shows that, yeah, if you are vaccinated, um, then, you know, you have a higher chance of surviving this compared to if you were to, you know, uh, depend on, they call natural immunity which is more on your body trying to fight off the disease on its own. Mm. So, uh, yeah, there are different schools of thought uh, when it comes to vaccination. And of course, I, I do not want to go in there because I think that is a very big political stance. But it, for, for me, if you ask my personal stance, I think it's good for us to be vaccinated. At least um, it's like buying insurance, you know, you don't know, you, you don't plan to use it, but it's good to have, you know. Agree. Prevention is an idea. That's nice, nice, nice. Cool. I really love the statistics that you shared. Uh, trust me, Jason, I've never seen someone so enthusiastic and passionate as you that you have statistics on the go. Um, um, it's amazing. Uh, it's even eye-shocking to me as well. For those audience who are, who are listening and tuning in, we can legitimately see it visually right in front of our eyes. But yes, <laughs> um, for the benefit of the audience who are listening in as well, uh, uh, the numbers are really scary. Uh, all I can see is the amount of death rates and it goes by millions and not even by thousands anymore. And it just... Imagine your brothers and sisters in it, so all your family members in it, and I felt it as well. 
because I can feel a few of my friends also passed away due to COVID, so on and so forth. So that's where, for those who are alive, this is the part where I would love to jump in more. I think uh, Alicia also uh, agree with me, which is the mental health side on how COVID really affected the mental health. Uh, many aspects of this, I think you can choose it on your own, uh, uh, Jason, uh, which aspect you want to jump into or you want to jump into all, feel free. The aspect of losing a loved one uh, through COVID or the aspect of changing jobs or losing jobs through COVID or even the aspect of uncertainty because most of the clients or even the young professionals today that, that we, we work with is this. They are superbly uncertain. The yeah. university students that just graduated is further uncertain and uncertain is one. Being unequipped is another because they didn't have the amount of exposure we had. They are stuck <laughs> with all this uh, in between hiccups. So what, yeah. uh, how has really, how, what can you show? What do you have for us to see in terms of mental health? How did COVID affect us? Okay, um, so maybe I can share one story. It's not, not data related, but it's it's a story on, uh, and also it showed up in the news. Lah, so uh, it's more of how students as well as people would like to uh, go to a country and I, I feel like Japan is a very good example because I know Malaysian and a lot of Southeast Asian people like to go to Japan. And uh, recently I also have quite some uh, interest to go to Japan. So, um, but I was listening in to this girl's story, um, this 20 year old girl who wanted to go into Japan since she was 18, right? So she's 20 now. Uh, and she was sending a video saying goodbye to Japan because her dreams couldn't come true, right? She's not a, she's not a, you know, not like pharma scholarship, you know, uh, she, no, no one to fund her to go to school. And by the way, she actually got scholarship in Japan the first year be, to, to enter into the country and got her COE, you know, early. And uh, I was quite upset when I got to hear that she said that, you know, I'm going to give up on my dream because I just cannot take it anymore. Mm. So, uh, I mean, if you want the ending, she ended up needing to apply to a local university and pay her way through because her results were only valid like one year after she got the results. Uh, um, but imagine, you know, um, you have this goal that when you're a student, you said, I want to go to Japan and everything is ready. And then the borders decide to close, right? So then we wait, right? So when someone promises you something, especially um, we we believe lah, because Japan is very, you know, they do things quite systematically. They always keep towards their word and and uh, they're trustworthy people. So uh, this this lady has been waiting to go into the country, even though she has all the documentation. So she waited for um, two years and uh, she still said that she's going to give up on this um, because, I mean, she also has been following the news uh, as as crazily as me. And she was talking about, she was talking about um, the cases in Japan, how they managed it, right? And we accept because we do understand that this is the situation out there, you know, people are falling sick. Japan has a very high, uh, you know, population, which are very the elderly, right? So they are actually people of concern, right? They are the ones who are the, 
uh, people that we need to take care of. Uh, they have a very high aging population. So uh, for, for Japan, locking down was making a lot of sense to them, right? Yeah. Um, but then there was that situation where you had the Olympic Games, right? And then like, you're talking about allowing uh, nine, 90,000 athletes come into the country. Yeah. But then, uh, you know, locking it down for tourism and all this kind of stuff. So, of course, this place uh, takes a toll on, on people. Uh, it's like, uh, even for me, like, I said that, you know, I wanted to go there <laughs> uh, in 2020. But, I mean, today today is 2022 already. I'm still stuck yes. here, right? I'm still waiting for the news, waiting for the borders to open. It was open for a while. Uh, I think in November, they opened up because they were slowly saying that, okay, you know what, let's reopen. Yep. Uh, and believe it or not, within those two weeks or two to three weeks, only three international students actually made it through. Only three. Oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, it is very, it's very real. Because then you are like, oh my gosh, so what happens to the rest of us? Correct. And um, you, you will get news like talking about athletes being able to go into other countries. Today or was it yesterday? Uh, you know Djokovic? Djokovic, the famous world number one tennis player. Mm. Yeah, he was denied entry to go into Australia, but they were saying like he's not vaccinated. Why was he <laughs> on the flight to Australia flight, right? and had yeah. to go and deport, right? So it's, it's very real. And uh, of course, for young people, we feel very heartbroken that we live in such a society that, you know... Um, to say like, the rich and wealthy are the ones that are controlling what goes on or what happens and what doesn't True. right um we feel very powerless um mm. especially uh the millennials as well as the gen z um, we always want to make an impact right we always want to make a difference right and now when something like this happens we, it just shows us how powerless we are to make this world better so for me, it does play a toll in terms of well-being in that sense uh, for students. For uh, long-distance couples, of course, I think that will also impact them because imagine not seeing your uh, girlfriend or boyfriend for like two years yeah. just because the borders are closed. Okay. It's crazy. It's like, you know, when you send your boyfriend to the military and you don't know when they'll come back, whether they will come back or not, it's another yeah, issue. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it's that kind of feel like probably if you've never felt it before that that distance is it's it's like that. But we only hope that we can do the right thing um, by just you know keep trying to stay positive, but also at the same time make very informed decisions, right? Because when we make decisions, uh, and I'm not just saying us as in like the young people, I'm talking about even like the leaders, right? Whatever decisions that they make will impact not just, you know, just their own well-being, right? It will impact the country's well-being. It will impact other people's well-being. Maybe they have to think like twice before, you know, either opening or closing a border. So, yeah, for me, I feel like emotional well-being-wise, they somewhat need to sort this out. Like, it's not a lifestyle because currently today they are saying that it is just a lifestyle choice, you know, you travel around, you know, you go to some other country, but I think it's more than that. It's about, you know, reaching your goals, trying to reach your opportunity, trying to 
reach your full potential, trying to find love, trying to find new opportunities, especially those who are job seekers, right? Find, trying to find new opportunities, trying to live your life. And um, we are so concerned about the germs and all these small, small elements than the bigger picture in life, right? So for me, yeah, well-being is so important. Um, I've gone through some some nights where I so cannot sleep just looking at the news. It's very heartbreaking. Yeah, children haven't seen their father yet. Two years old. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. That's crazy. Oh my god. Don't I, even I, I, know who their father is. Yeah, I don't even know their face growing up with it. Oh my god. Well, yeah, I can feel the amount of, of, of pain that when, when you were sharing and everything also. Uh, uh, not just the pain on your your end when you started sharing. It's like, yeah, I have my fair. I think Alicia has has hers as well. The amount of uncertainty that she's going through, but thankfully she she landed a job now lah. But during that period, I tell you when she was sharing, it was crazy. Uh, the uncertainty that it was just there lah, not just for youngsters for adults as well. That's the that's the scary part. I think to move uh move on from there, I I think I take this next question, Alicia. <laughs> Sorry, thank you. So the next question. No uh for this uh that you mentioned those who are in power in a way so i think i'm just going to move on the next question is how individually can move up uh, move out from this but for those who are in power what's the action step for them take for example as a manager yourself i think uh how can you prepare or, or what can you do especially for employees mental health or mental well-being knowingly all these scenarios that's happening but you still need to get the job done because you're not exactly like all the way the director or the founder as well you still need to deliver kpis above that's where the dilemma happens so how do you manage it so let me just put it into perspective i think there are two types of approaches when you approach something like this you either have a top-down approach where management push something down to you or you listen on the ground which is a bottom-up approach you listen down to what people say and then you make the decision based on what people say right mm. and uh Recently, I think, uh, let's not talk about just my company. Lah. Let's talk about other companies as well. A lot of companies have been actually actively looking into ways to uh, improve people's well-being, be it give them four days extra holiday just for a recoup, you know, without MC. Say you just take that four days, you go and recoup. Whatever you need to do, go and recoup. Um, there are people who are also thinking of taking a sabbatical you know a few months don't work try to go and sort out what they need to sort out in life mm. try to think and find out what they want I quite a lot of colleagues who actually quit the firm because they want to go and go to study or find out what they want lah. Um, but in terms of managing company wise i think a lot of us are like saying like, okay lah, annual dinner you know we do virtual annual dinner which was the first for me uh, you know, they give you like grab voucher coupon, buy whatever you want. Everyone go on the screen and do lucky draw. Yep, yep. That is also an activity, right? Mm. Um, you have uh, very intuitive uh, companies who actually outsource. You say, okay, you go and do some team building exercise with us. You go and set up some um, like escape room, you know, but virtual escape room. So it's like everyone play game on the screen together, you know, try to do some team building. Right. So I think those those are very, uh, you know, corporate way of doing certain things. Lah. But I think 
from a manager point of view is just really understanding what the you know the associates as well as senior associates are going through because I was once there you know you are new to an organization but I mean they are halfway there already you know they got a job <laughs> right yeah. I mean uh, the thing is for them is just how to use the tools and 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 all this kind of stuff to really fully equip them uh, as for those people who are affected not just by COVID but by the flood in here in Malaysia uh, just have to be a bit more empathetic towards their situation because some of them maybe have lost homes, right? Mm. Some of them might have lost loved ones, uh, maybe due to the flood and all these kind of things. We just have to be more empathetic. Lah. Uh, understand, see what we can help with, be it like financial as well as emotional support, right? Try to listen and uh, understand what they're going through. Okay. I feel like in terms of that kind of stuff, that's all we can do. But mm. of course, we 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 are all humans, lah. I, I believe that uh, Malaysia is a very strong knit society. We like to do a lot of things together, right? Uh, yes. It's not individualistic. So yeah, that's 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 how we've been brought up. I feel like this is the Bohiba spirit, lah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. I love I love how you shared. Uh, apa the team building and all because uh, uh little background. For, for you to know also uh, I'm part of Work Inspire so generally we do trainings and uh, learning engagement for companies as well the amount of team buildings that we're asking virtual ones specifically uh, and then when we ask the purpose of them doing it they said we actually don't have the budget we just need uh, to how somehow connect back with our employees and I said oh a simple lunch and learn would work like you mentioned uh, just asking them how was their day really understanding and being empathetic how are they struggling was really a key factor so, so that, that really resonated with me. Thank you so much for sharing. No problem. Wow, that's a lot of great insight over there. Okay, I want to deep dive a bit because I think Jason and I, had, JP, and I had this conversation, I think a while back, but it was sort of relating to um, EY, probably not just EY, but just uh, companies in general, right? Because the youth or university students or graduates that are just coming out, they're so lost they probably finished their final year uh, remotely, like like what I did. Uh, I remember feeling super stressed. So some of them are just starting uni. Like um, we can no longer sort of um, adopt the approach that we used to take, where you know we we just look at a resume and sort of you know see if a person's just a good fit, the person has you know relevant experience or education experience, and you know hire. Um, based on based on that, right? Probably even Jason, uh, JF can give me some insight on this, right? But how do you think things are going to change moving forward because of this huge change? Mm. Huge change, as in huge change because of COVID, or, or yeah, like because of COVID in affecting how we learn and experience and develop ourselves. I think we will need to talk about working remotely versus working on site, right? And and that is also uh, another another theme for 2022. Uh, it's related to the way we work, the way we would do things. I think we would always have to change. Uh, companies, I think, are now seeing the benefits of having virtual office, right? don't have to pay for office space, don't have to rent the space, right? Save electricity, save water, right? So I think they're slowly moving out from this. And I think COVID has been a very good platform or a good pilot for us to really force us out of that traditional working style, right? 
uh, as for those people who just graduated or are going to graduate, I think they are also going to be well equipped with what are the tools available for this as well, because it's going to be virtual, right? And in school, if they, let's say, gone through university, they also have done it virtually. I agree. Right. So moving forward in terms of the young people actually doing the jobs virtually. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that challenging for them. But for me, it's more of um, the human element after that. OK, uh, imagine if you are in a sales job, right? You definitely need to go and see your client mm. because you need to build that rapport, right? You need to have that personal connection. You need to um, read body language. There are a lot of elements that are still missing from going full digital. Uh, maybe I want to raise something very interesting with you. Um, so Facebook has come out with this new technology. You can like meet someone virtually, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to be the future. It's going to be pretty weird. It's like playing game. You change your avatar. Uh, <laughs> it might not be the real person. <laughs> Oh, God, that's true. That's Sounds a bit true. creepy, right. to be honest. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't know who you are meeting with. So I yeah. still feel like there's a certain element of, um, you know, physical things that still need to be done. But as much as we can, if we can do it remotely, yeah, let's continue working remotely. And uh, hopefully when the pandemic is over, then maybe we can go somewhere else aside from our home countries and work from there. And that's my, that's my dream, okay? Nice. <laughs> Nice, nice. I agree, That's I agree. That's the life. <laughs> that is definitely the life that everyone dreams of. I think just to add, I think amazing points brought up by, uh, by you, Jason. So I think just to add one or two things, it's just uh, when one door closes, we are forced to innovate. Lah. That's what and many other doors open. I think for, for personal experience-wise, is I love definitely like what, what Jason said. Working virtually is definitely a blessing. Uh, instead of going through the jam, you wake up peace at mind and calm to work. Um, but also, uh, works aside also is for uh, companies has been innovating a lot. Uh, I've noticed these few things also because of the whole pandemic being pushed in. So I will always tell this to students as well. Uh, if for students out there who are still uh, who is listening to this who are still uh, studying, always do this. I will always share this with any podcast. Is it leverage on your student title, abuse it as much as you can, but don't get stuck into it. Reason being is because most of the time we say, oh, we're just students, right? still got one more year, lah, so on and so forth. Lah. Uh, two, three months down the road, at the end of your journey, I was like, shoot, now I need to find my stuff. That's where I think Alicia also mentioned about not the recruitment, not just using, uh, what's this word, resume. Reason being nowadays, students can't really build their resumes also because they lack the experience. And I agree, uh, uh, despite the pandemic has actually closed off a lot of doors for those experiences, uh, but it actually opened up many more. I actually saw a few other students like like Alicia also starting up this whole podcast and everything. If which, if physical was here and there was no COVID, this podcast wouldn't happen. That's what, number one number one deal. Uh, many other students also had all these extra webinars asking trainers and asking speakers to come in. It will be more difficult to that for them to get those speakers and trainers to actually come and speak to them uh, without the virtual setting. So I think uh, there's always a bright side to all the dark side of the moon. So it's just always see uh, focus on the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh. So that's the one one key thing I can take away for everyone. So, amazing question. Thank you, Alicia. Yay. <laughs> all, right. all right, all right. I think with that, uh, we, uh, I think in terms of time as well, I think let's just do one more last question. Okay, so one one practical step. Okay, so one practical step. Uh, 
because you are so passionate in so many things. So you started off with uh, PMO, you got the job, and then all the way here now with COVID and all the other statistics that you're reading, the amount of research that you have. One practical step. So for someone who found a certain passion, be it whatever it is, so be it uh, speaking, training, uh, doing project management job, as soon as they found the passion, they feel like they like it. What would that one practical step for them to continue working on it or, or do affirm them, I would say, affirm them whether it is just a side fling or it is something permanent for them to say. Okay, so you're, you're talking about what will continue to drive that person, right? Um, I don't know if both of you have watched Witcher Series 2 yet, but uh, yeah, it's on Netflix, go and watch it. Uh, okay. but I like one of the phase that was in the beginning, right? He was saying that, uh, of episode three or four, I cannot remember. I was saying that uh, the path is dark and unknown, right? But the path that you've chosen will protect you on the way because you have prepared your whole life, you've gotten ready for it, right? So I think that really applies to, to all of us. You might have a passion. Mm. Whether you decide that this is going to be a side thing or a main thing, right? I don't think that should be, that would reveal itself if you don't continue on doing what you do, right? Um, you know, I, <clears throat> I'm talking about your passion about, um, let's say for me, it's on these statistics, right? When will enough be enough, right? Is it going to be a side thing or is it going to be a main thing? For me, I have a goal that I need to reach, which is, uh, you know, once the borders open, I can go and travel to Japan uh, and meet meet someone. <laughs> but uh, I know that's my goal. Uh, and that will continue driving me to look at the stats every night, make sure I do my journals. Um, but your main thing, like for instance, your job or where you want to be, is probably where do you see yourself in five years? Mm. Right, cool. and uh, this is very consulting. You you have a short term and long term plan. You have a five year roadmap and a ten year roadmap, right? So for your short term roadmap, say five years, what do you see yourself doing? If you see yourself doing the same thing after five years, then that is your main thing, lah. If uh, after five years you see that you know this is not the trend that you do, then you keep it aside for now. I feel like that is a very uh, systematic way of <laughs> making decisions. Yeah. What are what are your thoughts? Uh, oh, you're muted. Uh, yeah, they should mute it. Yes, Alicia, would you like to share your thoughts? Yeah. My thoughts. Hmm, I mm. think um I I um if anybody were to ask me this uh I would probably say something uh, like what uh, JP has said. Uh, I've been shot down a lot uh, in terms of, you know, pursuing passions um, because I have more than one passion. I think um, JF knows I, I like to do a lot of things and some may see that as a distraction or or something that makes me unfocused or less than when actually it it's it builds me up even more. It builds makes me stronger, makes me more capable, more agile, which is what's needed in the world today, you know, with COVID and you know how 
things have really changed. Yeah, it's no longer traditional uh, technology is so important, and you know all these mega trends that we observe with the world right now. So, I would, I would give the same uh, similar advice, right? Uh, never, never question your heart, your intuition, your gut feel, because these are subtle signs that you are on the right track. That doesn't mean it doesn't come with challenges or pain or heartbreaks or risk. It will always be there. But are you going to spend the rest of your life doing something that you're not happy with, knowing that the world is so uncertain that you could leave the world anytime? And, you know, what is what is that impact that you want to create? You know, it doesn't have to be something so huge. It can be the smallest thing. Who do you want to spend your time with? Um, how What makes you happy? Um, these, these sort of reflect, reflective questions are so important to ask, especially in times like this. And um, it, it's been powerful for my mental health and, you know, how I have grown so much in the past two years amidst the pandemic. And it's not to say that there's something special about me, but uh, I, I knew what I loved. And, you know, I kept pushing, I kept investing, even though there were so many naysayers or, or bullies out there. And, you know, that is the same. And that's how you build resilience. And, you know, the success will follow you when your heart is in the right place. I agree. I love that sentence, success will follow you when your heart is in the right place. That's very true. I think uh, for me, uh, my, my one key, not, uh, key, key, key thing to really share is always this. Um, this one story, I don't know where I saw it from, most likely from TikTok. I'm still in the TikTok generation. So it is in general, when you're in the most darkest space and when you start questioning yourself, like whenever you're in the darkest space, you just need to ask yourself, can you still see your foot? If you can still see your foot and the next step you're going to take, just take the next step and you're fine. And related to passion and everything, explore is always the word. Trust me, when I say this, in my head, I was like, oh, when I was 17, 18, I was like, I want to become the best businessman. So when I was age came to 20, 23, I was like, I want to become the best trainer. Then now I was like, I just don't want to speak as much and explore as much as I can. So <laughs> things change along the way. Trust me, uh, yep. the, word, the key word is always to explore. So yes, with that, we're moving towards the end. I think uh, with that, uh, I would always love to ask this. I also want to follow you as well. So where can one reach out to you if they really want to know more? Not just COVID-wise, uh, maybe who knows to get uh, what is called internship or uh, employment placement, <laughs> yeah. right? Right? Because <laughs> it's a top points. Oh, I'm from Sunway, so Sunway was like uh, Sunway students is like top four must go. EY is the first option, second option, third option, huh? So where? How could they reach out to you? Uh, I think for internship, you just apply through EY. <laughs> 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 okay, just apply through EY. I don't think I can take the load if like 1,000 people text me. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah, can. Uh, but I currently, I do not have a live stream or whatever. I guess uh, if they want, they can just email me. Uh, I will just give my uh, email out. Yeah, okay. then uh, yeah, Jason is J-A-S-O-N underscore P-H-U-N-G. 92 at hotmail.com yeah he reviewed his age okay. <laughs> <laughs> who knows it's a random number right uh -huh. <laughs> but yes no, that's his age <laughs> yes that is definitely his age yes thank you so much uh, i think i would really uh, uh uh i would love to share that gratitude as well uh, it was really grateful to have you on the show to really understand uh the insights of it the statistic of it the fear of it and the stories you shared Especially, it reminded me a few times that, uh, like you mentioned, the social ending. I think most of us want it to end already. Most of us just are sick and tired of it. So now it's for all of us to really do our part uh, to just keep 
for now, whatever SOPs we have, the SOPs lah, slowly uh, but surely, we will move forward with this. Deal with the uncertainty step by step per day. And with that, thank you so much, uh, Jason, for spending your time with us. Uh, and thank you so much to the audience, whoever is listening and tuning in. Thank you so much for allowing Alicia and myself to actually walk you through this journey and to really kickstart off 2022. Uh, short notice, there's many much more speakers like, like Jason to, 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 uh, to be appearing on the show. Hope to see you soon. Thank you, everyone, and good night. Thanks, everybody. Happy New Year. Uh, thank you for having me. Bye, guys. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Okay,